You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
guys. Welcome to uh, another episode of Three Terrible Gamers Podcast. I am Ashton, here with Colin. Hey, guys. I know this is the Three Terrible Gamers, but it um, seems like can't keep a third terrible gamer. Nobody wants to talk to us, so that's fine. Me and Colin will do it until uh, Ryland can come back. Uh, he's going through some stuff right now, so definitely keep him in mind, um, but... First, we're going to talk about the uh, rumor of the Nintendo Direct this month. Uh, Colin, what day do you think it'll take place? And do you think it'll be a general Direct, a main Direct, or a uh, like a Direct Mini or a Indie Showcase? Well, the research I was doing on it seemed like it was going to come out on the 12th. So, by the time this airs, it's supposed to come out, you know, the day before. So, it's already supposed to be out by the time you listen to this. But I was also doing a little bit more research after the Queen died that Nintendo may take a hiatus on it a little bit to help with the British people in mourning. Right, right. So it may get pushed back to the end of the month. But then again, that could just be Nintendo's excuse for being Nintendo and pushing something back in the first place. That's true. Um, I think, I, I haven't, I mean, I've done research and stuff, but just... My feeling on it, I think it'll be on the 14th. I could be wrong. I have no evidence to back that up whatsoever. I just feel that it'll be September 14th. Um, and I think it'll be a main direct because we've had direct minis and indie showcases recently and several like uh, Pokemon Presents and uh, the Splatoon directs. But I think it'll be a, just a main Nintendo direct and cover a variety of different Nintendo IPs and other games coming out from other developers oh yeah yeah i definitely think it's going to be a general sense it seems like that's a common trend for them in the fall time of directing is it always seems like it's a general sense and not one specific thing yeah um i heard i was listening to another podcast and they said that within the past in the past 10 years there's been a Nintendo Direct eight of those 10 years. And it's been eight consecutive years. This will make nine. So in September. Yeah. So it's most likely going to be, you know, this month. Um, and the source is coming from Jeff Grubb, which is a pretty reliable source when it comes to this kind of stuff with Nintendo. So that's why the rumors are so strong because he's such a reliable source. Yeah, that's actually the the website I was reading. That's where I seen the twelve fat was through him. Oh yeah. So, like I said, it's but then again, like I said, also on that same website, I seen where it was, uh, where the clean past fat. It could be a pushed back a little bit further, but like I said, it's still all up in the air because it's not a guaranteed date in the first place, as Ashton was saying. Right, and I seen that. They were talking about it may be delayed, but I wasn't sure why. I didn't know if it was because of the Queen or another reason. Yeah, no, it's like I said, if it if it is, then I mean that's a good excuse at this point. But if it wasn't, right. then what I was saying earlier is Nintendo's just going to be Nintendo. Right. Well, I mean, past several years there has been a huge Nintendo Direct in June, and we didn't have one this year. They had little no. minis and indies but not a main 
direct like we usually have. So that's Yeah, why no, a lot of that's people whenever were disappointed. this. Yeah, because that's whenever the Splatoon Free one came out, Mm -hmm. and A lot I of mean, people. yeah, it, it was half an hour long, but it was just dedicated to Splatoon Free. Right. Usually they have it anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, but it's, you know, a general direct isn't set on just one thing. It's a variety of games coming out. So Exactly. mostly they're uh, first party IPs, but. Yep, which is the whole entire purpose. I mean, obviously, it being Nintendo, because, like I said, it's going to be uh, based on Nintendo thing. I mean, sometimes they'll throw a third-party game in there, but it's very, very seldomly they do that. Yeah, and I think, I may be wrong on this, but as my memory recalls, the last general direct we had from Nintendo was February, I believe. So I it's think been so. a, it's been a while. So we'll definitely do one. All right. Um, our next topic is continuing on this direct rumors. Um, a lot of people say it's going to be a Zelda blowout, a bunch of Zelda games coming out and getting released. What do you think about that? I think it's in the makings for it because they could, even with this direct, they could send us more game teasers of Breath of the Wild 2 because obviously they haven't had any more teasers or anything like that since 2019. So it's possible they're going to do that. I heard that they're going to do a high-def version of Wind Waker port to the Switch because obviously there's one for the Wii U in the same way with Twilight Princess. But, Yeah. you know, whether it is a true Zelda blowout or not is still up in the air. Well. Right. Well, I think, uh, like you said, the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports have been rumored for couple years now and last year was the zelda 35th anniversary and they didn't do anything with it except for skyward sword hd so and what the the um producer of zelda said in the past is he wants one zelda released every year and we'll do one this year so i'm um, i'm thinking definitely something will come out probably a wind waker twilight princess in a dual pack i would say full price 60 dollars um i think we'll get some stuff Some updates on Breath of the Wild 2, hopefully a release date. If not, maybe another delay or maybe just another trailer. I don't know, but I'm hoping for a release date. And um, I've also seen some rumors on Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, maybe getting a remake in the style of the new Link's Awakening. A lot of people say that that's a big possibility, and that'd be pretty cool because I know you have that new Link's Awakening. It looks really, really good. Oh yeah. So I'm hoping for a lot of Zelda stuff. Um, we, we're starving for Zelda right now. I've been playing Twilight Princess GameCube version the past few days. I'm about halfway through it. So if I get it on the Switch, that'd be pretty cool. I've been playing on my own, so it's portable there too. But it'd be nice to have it first party. Yeah, that and uh, going back to Breath of the Wild 2 for a second is, so you think in theory they released Breath of the Wild on the Wii U technically first, and they tend to only release one main uh, game per franchise per console. So I'm assuming that the Breath of the Wild 2 technically wouldn't have counted because I know it came out right at the end of the Wii U and right at the start of the Switch. but it technically came out on the Wii U first. Right. So I'm anticipating 
them definitely having Breath of the Wild 2 uh, in this one. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, I mean, Zelda in general, big Zelda games, they're just, they get delayed. It's a common thing. Breath of the Wild got delayed several times. I remember I was a freshman in high school back in 2014. I'd have been a freshman in 2014. Um, there were rumors of Breath of the Wild. It was Zelda Wii U is what they called it back in the day. It was Zelda Wii U in development. And it took them three years at that point to release the time. Like you said, they had the Switch out, so they just released it for both. So it was in development for the Wii U, but then it took so long to make it, and it kept getting delayed and delayed. They just put it on both systems. Oh, yeah. And they kind of delayed uh, Wind Waker initially, too, after Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yeah, because uh, Ocarina of Time came out in 1998, and Majora's Mask... They had no time to develop it. It came out in 2000. No, but they had most of their stuff from Ocarina of Time because half the storylines was already done. Yeah, they used the same engine, which that's what they're doing now with Breath of the Wild 2. They're using the same engine as Breath of the Wild 2. That's why a lot of people said that it shouldn't take that long. But it's a lot bigger game. Exactly. They got to realize the games nowadays are huge compared to what they were back 24 years ago. In 1998, you know, and then in 2000. That's how big the actual overworld is. By the time you get to the final dungeon, it's literally the same size as the overworld map. Yeah. So you think it's that old, but on steroids, because obviously the graphics are a whole lot better than what it was in 8-bit generation. Oh, yeah. All right. Continuing on these rumors, uh, the next topic is GameCube Switch rumors. Do you think it'll be part of the Nintendo Switch Online subscription, and will they go about it another way? I think they'll do it uh, via the Nintendo Switch Online. Do I think they're going to charge more for it than what they've already charged for the N64 version? I definitely think so. Absolutely. requires a lot more graphical work than what it was for all the, like I said, bits that were out right now. All right. That really surprised me. I didn't. I didn't think you would uh, say that it would be part of the subscription. I figured you'd go about it a different way. Are you going to go about it a different way? I am. Uh, I say that they are not going to put it part of the subscription because, in my opinion, they already charge eighty dollars for the Nintendo sixty four and Sega Genesis. They'd have to up it to at least hundred dollars for the family. You know. <clears throat> so, what I think they're going to do is they're going to because. GameCube and Nintendo 64, obviously, they're completely different games. The size difference is huge because one was on a cartridge, one was on a mini DVD. So I think the GameCube games are new enough and they look good enough to just put some a fresh set of paint on them, just remaster them, and put them out there for full price. I mean, you know, Nintendo, they're going to put them out there for full price. Yep. So uh, I think they're just going to remake all of them because there's rumors of the, which obviously Wind Waker and Twilight Princess were already remade on the Wii U, so it's easier to just port them over. But like, um, there's rumors of Metroid Prime remastered. So I think it would be a waste of time for them to make those remasters if they're just going to put the others on Nintendo Switch Online. You know? Yeah. 
No, I, I agree. I actually just read my notes and I just went on a whim whenever you asked me that a second ago. Is I actually put down in that in my notes is that it seems like they're probably going to do remakes or remasters. But the part that I was thinking is it would be cool if they did do the whole entire uh, online thing with it. So would you rather them just put it on the <clears throat> subscription or remaster it? I would just because at the end of the day, it's still going to be cheaper than paying. for all these games, even if they was to bump it up to, you know, $100 total for your subscription fee, which they may dumb it down a little bit more, though, because you think going on how Xbox is starting to have their family plan and everything else with the uh, Game Pass, you figure that would be a thing to be a competitive nature at that point. So are they going to lose people? to go for the cheaper options where there's more games available or are they going to buckle down and be like, okay, we're going to give you a, you know, pretty much group discount and knock it down or keep it the same price as what it is for the 64 one. Yeah. Obviously I, I would like to see the, you know, the online cause it'd be cheaper in the long run right. for us, but Nintendo would definitely, I'm not going to say they would lose money on it, but they wouldn't make as much money as what they would if they put mainline titles remastered. Right. I see what you're saying. Um, it would be nice to have it cheaper that way, but I, in my opinion, I'd like to see them come as remasters. Like I said, GameCube games are new enough. Just putting some fresh paint on them, it'd make them look really good. And Autumn, I mean, even to this day, they play great. So it would cost us more money. But Nintendo, their emulation, though, because, you know, all of their games on Nintendo Switch Online are emulated. Um, So their emulation's spotty. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. When the Nintendo 64 first came out, it was pretty buggy and pretty bad. I mean, they fixed it since then. But um, even the 3D All-Stars collection, Super Mario Sunshine GameCube version, and, I mean, 64, all those games are emulated. They aren't even ports. They're just, uh, they got a, their graphics are, up you know they're better graphics but they're still just emulated they're not actually ports or remasters at that point they're just emulated they've a lot of techie people have broke down the code and seen that they are using an emulator on those games so which they run fine but i think they'll go about it about the remaster way and i would rather them do it that way so i think we get higher quality products than native graphics you know, because native graphics, I know, I know you don't do a lot of emulation, but I do. I do a lot of emulation. So native, GameCube native is, it, it looks good, but it's still blurry. So even if they do a 2X or a 3X resolution, 3X, that'd make it 1080p, which is what the Switch outputs on the TV. So that would, if they'd done a 3X for the remasters, that'd be fine. But if they're going to put it on the Switch subscription service, I think it'll just be, you know, native, so they won't up the graphics any, so it'd be kind of blurry a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah, and what was it for the GameCube initially was about a 420 output, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, so... I mean, obviously there's a big difference in between 1080 and 420, but yeah. at the same time, even with the re- like the 3D All-Stars, as you was talking about for Super Mario Sunshine specifically, since we're talking about the GameCube, the only thing, they, they didn't even go up to the full 1080p, it only went up to the 720 when docked. Right, yeah, exactly. But it still looked better because we're used to seeing it in 420. 
But oh, yeah. I just think if they did remaster it, which they're not going to because they've already released it on the Switch. Yeah. But no, I think the ones they would go for would be obviously uh, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, as we mentioned before. But I also would see them doing like Metroid Prime and uh, GXF Zero. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to mention here in a minute was F Zero because a lot they, I mean, com- it seems like they completely abandoned the F Zero series since the GameCube. That's the last game they made. Yeah, because uh, only so, t- only remnants of them still is Super Smash Brothers with Captain Falcon. Right. So I think they're afraid to make a new F Zero game because they technically have a racing game with Mario Kart. So I think they're afraid to release another one that it won't sell well. So my theory is they put a new set of paint on F Zero GX, and then if it sells well, maybe they'll see some people out there that want this game. So then they'll make a new F Zero. So it's kind of like a test, I think that they're going to do just test the water, see how it sells, and then maybe go on to make a new F-Zero at that point if it sells well. Oh, yeah. But their whole entire purpose of F-Zero in the first place was to try to hit the older audiences before they realized that everybody enjoyed Mario Kart. Yeah. That's why they really haven't touched on it since mm -hmm. the GameCube, because everybody likes Mario Kart. Because obviously at the end of the day, it's still a Nintendo racer, but one shows that you're going, you know, literally your passes, I mean, going like a thousand miles an hour, and the other one you're going normal speed limits. Yeah. And Mario's more friendly than Captain Falcon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can choose all the characters in this, not the F Zero world. Yeah. Well, I guess literally every character. I don't know what they've disbanded Fox and Captain Falcon himself. Yeah. Pretty much a character is known for speed or yeah. disbanded. <laughs> yeah. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So definitely a lot of uh, GameCube rumors going around, but we'll see what they do. But in my opinion, they'll just go to remaster route and just do select games that way. Next topic, uh, theory, if the Maz will come back in Breath of the Wild 2. There's been a lot of that on the internet lately, <laughs> if the Maz will make a comeback since it takes place in the sky. I say it's possible, 
just because the malice that is in Breath of the Wild there in Breath of the Wild 2, that's what's holding up Ganondorf in uh, the uh, initial trailer that we saw. Assuming that that is him with the red hair and pretty much dried down to bones. But we've seen how the malice manipulated the champions in the initial Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So it's not too far of a stretch to say that the same malice has turned into demise for another boss battle. It's a possibility. Which obviously demise iteration of Ganon or Ganondorf, really any evil in the Zelda series. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, it, it is a possibility um, due to the malice and it taking place in the sky, but I say no because the the Maz is the one who cursed Ganondorf or Ganon and uh, Link in the first place for a reincarnation so that, you know, they'll always reincarnate and fight over the Triforce and everything. But I think since he was in the beginning of Skyward Sword, you know, it takes it's number one in the timeline. I think, yeah, I think that he will not. It is a possibility, but I don't think he will. I think it just under there, the malice is what is bringing uh, Ganondorf back to life. But I don't think it's related to Demise personally. But I won't say it's not, it's a completely off the wall idea. I think it is possible, but personally, I don't think it's it's what's going on. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense. It's a rumor, anyways. It's just, right. like I said, my theory is where. You know, the malice can manipulate things. It's possible that, like I said, they could bring them in kind of like a Phantom Ganon type of situation. You know, could. face yeah. off right before you face the real real thing. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, but uh, about Ganondorf in that trailer, there's been uh, also some theories saying that, because Nintendo hasn't told us anything about it. There's been some mm-hmm. theories saying that it's related to Twilight Princess because the wound that the malice comes out of is where he was stabbed <clears throat> at Twilight Princess, right in the chest. And the rumor, there's rumors that it's directly related to Twilight Princess. That is possible. I mean, it's not the first time they've obviously continued, because obviously there's three different timelines in the first place, but it's not the first time that they've pursued that, because what was it, A Link Between Worlds was a direct sequel to A Link to the Past so many yeah. years later. Yeah, a long time ago. I mean, at that point, it was almost, what, a 20-year difference? Because it came out in 92, and Link to the Past came out in 13? Yeah. So a 21-year difference? Yeah. Because before that, um, I believe Link's Awakening was considered the sequel. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't even take place remotely anywhere in the universe. Right, they were just saying that's why he was on the ship as he was leaving uh, after the Link of the Past adventure. But there's a lot of theories out there. Oh, definitely. That's, I mean, that's probably the biggest lore that's been around for the longest time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't don't think Nintendo expected them to get as big as what they got with... Because it was for the longest time, they was just seemed like they was making up stuff just to try to make people happy with the lore until they came up with that encyclopedia book for it. 
Yeah, and it just they were just making stuff up, but it it's funny how it all ends up tying together in a way. The com- timeline is confusing, but if you are a Zelda fan, you can understand it. So it does all tie together in a sense. Oh, definitely. All right. Uh, our next topic, uh, we've talked about one of our favorite games of all time. And since this is more of a GameCube-themed podcast, we're going to do a deep dive into Super Mario Sunshine. So what do you have to say about it? Uh, well, some of my favorite levels when there is any time you're dealing with the piranha plant. <laughs> yeah. I always enjoyed making them all nice and big and just jumping on his belly to make the water explode. Or the one time whenever he's flying around the map and you got to shoot him with those little tiny pig things with flood. Honestly, hated that level. I, I hated it for the difficulty that it was yeah. or just the annoyance. Of, it wasn't really difficult. It was just annoying because yeah. that's one of the levels where it seemed like the camera controls were janky. But other than that, it was, it was still fun because you still pretty much done the same thing. And then... Right. Obviously, the final levels on it, well, the final, final level, because I just had an accomplishment feature on it, because the first time that I played through, I was so careful whenever I was doing it, I didn't crash the ship one time going up to Bowser's, uh, well, to where you go up to fight Bowser. But whenever I was like trying to speed run it, I definitely hit it a few times. (laughs) The mechanics on that boat's not very good. No. So what's one of your uh, worst levels that you dislike? The eel. The eel? I agree with that. That's one of the worst. <laughs> Not only is it hard to get to that world in the first place, because you had to get the camera controls, it's just whenever you got to go down there and clean that thing's teeth, it's just constantly trying to avoid the poison that's on its teeth until it is clean, then having to go find coins to refill your air supply. Yeah, that level sucked. But um, also, you, hey, what is it? Go ahead. But I also hated the level where you was pretty much a pinball because it just seemed like I could never collect all those coins without dying. Yes, that level. That, that was another one that the mechanics were awful on. It just seemed like that level in general was just so glitchy. Mm-hmm. Do what you about- have a like a favorite world? Uh, I would say uh the one with the raccoon shop on it, the Rito, but not Rito, Rito. Oh, uh, Rico Harbor. Yeah, yeah, Rico Harbor. I knew it started with an R.I. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rico Harbor is probably my favorite, just because another one of my good levels that I did enjoy was the squid races. Mm-hmm. Do you have a worst world? Worst world. I would say actually is the lighthouse one where you enter in on the lighthouse. Can't remember what it's called, but just those ducks were so annoying. Oh, it's, uh, there's two beaches. It's not Serena Beach. It's the other one. Yeah, no, it's not Serena Beach. Serena Beach is the one with the giant manta ray. It comes and yeah. tries to electrocute you. It's one of the Gel- gelato beach or something like that, maybe. I think so. I just know it was like one of the first ones you unlock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, first, I'll talk about Yoshi, 
Uh, I like you right on Yoshi on that game. Just different fruits because he's a picky little guy. But yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> once you had him, it was pretty cool. You know, the run around with him. He he couldn't be in water. He hated water, so he'd always disappear if you got in water, which makes no sense because the whole game is surrounded by water. But I guess they just made it to make it harder. But uh, I did like Yoshi on that game. My, I wish he would have been kind of overpowered if he was able to go in water. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The worst level, in my opinion, is Serena Beach Episode 6. It's the one where you have to clean up the beach from that shocky paint crap. Oh, and we've got time limits? Yeah, I hated that level. It took me so long to beat that. It took me years to beat it. it Carter, um, he couldn't beat the game because he couldn't beat that level. And I beat it for him, and then he finally beat the game. I, yeah, that, that part always annoyed me because, I mean, I never did have an issue beating it. But at the same time, it was just that annoying feature. I'm just like, I, this thing literally stormed the beach in episode one. Why am I fighting it five episodes later? Like yeah. cleaning it up after it. Exactly. I hated that. <laughs> and then um, my second worst level was Peanut Park episode eight, which was the uh, roller coaster one, but you had to shoot all those balloons. Yeah. I, I still have never beat that level ever. Yep. And that's that. another thing I was going to bring up on this topic was the quest to 121 shine sprites. I've never 100%ed it. And just the no. stupid blue coins, I hate collecting them all. Oh, yeah. They're annoying, and some of them is hard to get to in the first place. Right. And it's kind of like the Korok Seeds and Breath of the Wild, not as many blue coins as Korok Seeds, but still it's kind of just pointless and out of the way. It seems like only time, only time they was purposeful is if they was in route and if it was like a couple of shine sprites from getting your turbo nozzle and your rocket nozzle. Yeah, exactly. Because those ones were pretty much the only thing that was based on how many shine sprites you had. Yeah. Because the rest of them was depend on from the previous world, which still kind of equal to the shine sprites, but I think you had to have 20 for the turbo no to rocket nozzle when you had to have 25 or 30 for the uh turbo nozzle and then uh my best level was the rico harbor episode two the blooper racing one that you was talking about i love that one racing those little colorful squid things and uh my second favorite was the bianco hills episode eight which you also talked about was the first pd piranha level where you uh, do the ground smash or whatever on his belly. That's yeah. you fill him up with water. And my worst world was Noki Bay. I hated that world. That's the one with the eel you was talking about. That whole world, all of those episodes I hated. Even the Shadow Mario one because he would climb up uh, real up high and you'd have to chase him up high. And... The easiest level was actually when you chase Shadow Mario world. Exactly. And I hated it. Because <laughs> Shadow Mario in every single other world, it was... I mean, it was a decent fight to get get him, but I think yeah. I had him knocked out within 20 seconds on that world. I think they kind of knew it was harder, so I think they may have nerfed him a little bit. I, I don't have any proof to back that up. It just seems like it. Um, yeah, cause, but usually it seems like that's the last world people beat too before the Great Flood happens. Yeah, because pretty much everybody stays out for last because everybody hates that world. <laughs> yeah. And then um, my... 
best world I said Pianta Village, which is the one on top of the uh giant giant sprite, the big gate or whatever. Yeah. I like that world. I just like uh where it has different variants like night and day and it just I like that world on oh, that. Yeah. One of my annoying uh levels on that world was when you had to get that uh amp, the Yeah, I didn't like that level either because it took me forever. He'd make several laps around before I could get him to turn into the pool. Yep. Then, oh. Oh. Go ahead. I was just going to bring up the the red coins before you could go on to fight Shadow Mario, and it. I think it was over where you got launched out of that thing into the. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. It's where the you fight the Mecha Bowser. Um, Peanut Park. Oh yeah, but with Peanut Park, it was the uh, where you had to collect those six red coins, and I remember actually going out and buying that book just for us to beat that level. Growing up, yeah, most of Super Mario Sunshine we didn't need a book for, but that level we did. Yeah, and I believe I borrowed it first because I was the one that beat it first. And like you said, I don't think you beat it till you was in your twenties. It took me 18 years to beat that game. Now, the Switch version, it took me a month. But, you know, I, was, I mean, of course, I was younger. You know, he was younger way now. back when. And yeah. now, I mean, it, I mean, it helped that you already knew where 99% of the stuff was. Some of it oh, was yeah. just relearning the new mechanics. But also, I will say I was, I think I was better at the game in some senses back then because I played it all the time. I'm kind of out of it and I get back into it now. It's takes me a little bit to get used to it but once i do get back into it i'm pretty good but oh yeah um, definitely it's just like riding a bike yeah exactly all right do you have anything else to say uh no just follow our youtube channel follow our uh instagram discord twitch and that's about it yeah we definitely went over a little bit, but that's fine. He's talking about some good stuff today. A lot of news and rumors. And uh, talking about a really good game of Super Mario Sunshine. So. Leave it to uh, the Nintendo kids to talk about Nintendo stuff, even though we make fun of Nintendo all the time. Or mainly I do. I mean, they're easy to make fun of, but they're still my favorite company that makes games. Xbox is second favorite, but Nintendo definitely for sure. Just a lot of memories with them, so that's why I think I stick to them even to this day, mainly. Yep. But, yeah, like Colin said, definitely check out all of our socials, and we appreciate you guys listening to us, and um, we just, we'll get our third Terrible Gamer back with us soon. Just keep listening to us, and just and go check listening. him out in the meantime. Yeah, definitely go check YouTube. out his YouTube. Yeah, Furious Quicks, go check him out and uh, give him some support and we appreciate you guys thanks for listening all right later guys support for this podcast and the following message come from corient 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.